0: Welcome to Living the Good Life podcast, where we bring you messages, thoughts, and advice for living the good life. Today's message is brought to us by Brother Larry Dishman. We'd like to ask you this morning to read the entire chapter of Daniel chapter 6. For the sake of time, we're not going to do that. We're just going to read a few verses here and there, beginning at verse number three of Daniel chapter six. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was found in him and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and the princes sought to find him occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could not find none occasion nor fault for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error found in him. Then we know about the decree that King Darius signed, how he was kinda tricked into signing this decree And we begin in verse number 20. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest, continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouth that they have not hurt me for as much as before him innocency was found in me and also before thee, O king, that I have done no hurt. My message deals with the subject and it comes in the form of a question. Are you a committed Christian? I'm not asking you, are you a Christian? I'm asking, are you a committed Christian? All across America, there are people, young and old, who are not really committed Christians. They have an appearance of commitment. They talk the talk but they don't walk the walk. Their actions speaks louder than words. Amen. It's God's purpose, God's plan, that we as his people wholeheartedly serve him. The greatest need is that the people that profess Christianity we, be really committed to God and committed to the work of God. What is commitment? Commitment is following Jesus. Commitment demands a choice. Ruth's words of commitment to Naomi did not speak as loudly as did her actions. She left her family and homeland to return with Naomi to Bethlehem. So, the first and greatest commandment in the word of God is in Matthew 22 and verse number 37. And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is likened to it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Friend, we cannot hold anything back from God and still be committed to God at the same time. This is why the Bible says in the book of Luke, the 14th chapter, And verse number 13, so likewise whosoever be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. That's what Jesus said. What we have to offer God is ourselves. When I talk about total commitment, being totally committed to God, I think about the scripture in Romans 12 and verse number one where the Apostle Paul was not talking to sinners. He was talking to Christians and he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. A total commitment to God puts God at the head. It puts God first in our hearts and lives. Many of us feel pressures to do many different things at once. We have to choose the things that are most important. Too often, God is put off. Too often, God is not really first in their hearts and lives. Friend, we do not have to face God directly right now. We don't see the consequences immediately and we tell ourselves that we'll make it up to God later. But the Bible says in Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. God's church comes first. God's work comes first. Commitment definitely limits choices because It is exclusive. For example, in a commitment to a marriage, God's perfect plan is one man and one woman till death do us part. That is the perfect plan of God. And commitment builds up on faith and develops character. It is spiritual discipline. Requiring time, work, and determination. Daniel was one who was totally committed to God. I encourage you to read that chapter. Read the book of Daniel. He was a man. And he didn't wait till he got old. While he was a young man. But he sold out. I mean, he totally committed his life to God. and I'll tell you another person, what about Peter? He said, don't crucify me like you did my Lord. Crucify me upside down. There's a man that was committed. How about the Apostle Paul, who during his ministry was so committed to Christ, he was jailed he was beaten, he was starved, he went thirsty, he was stoned, he was ridiculed, he was run out of town and eventually killed. But in spite of all that he went through, he said, none of these things move me. Amen. That's what a commitment will do for you, friend. my opinion, Daniel was a person even though He did not know the joy of salvation like we do that's bestowed upon us through Jesus Christ. I tell you, friend, he had a commitment, amen, like none other. Daniel's commitment began as just a young man, and it lasted throughout his entire life. We see a teenage Daniel standing up for his convictions And the book of Daniel, the first chapter and verse number eight, and by choosing not to defile his body with anything that was impure with the king's meat and neither with the wine which he drank. You know, there's a song that says, have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I'm waited, yielded and still. That's what the song says. That's what being committed will do. But by many people's actions, the way we sing that song is, I'll have my own way, Lord. I'll have mine own way. I'll be the potter and you'll be the clay. I'll mold you and make you after my will while you're waiting, yielding and still. That's not what God desires. God wants us as the people of God to open up our hearts and say, Lord, have thine own way. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Lord, I want you to mold me. I want you to make me and what you'd have me to be. Amen. Amen. It is exactly the attitude that cuts off the blessings of God when we are determined. We may not say it with our lips, but we get our way. Many of us believe that we're strong, but total commitment also means a dedication to God, even, my friend, when nothing opposes us, when the cares and the things of this life distract us, when friends and relatives and even people are conspiring against us, we stay committed to God. Are you committed to the work of God? I don't understand people who don't love the church. Because ever since I got saved at 18 years old, I've loved the church. I lived in Indiana. I drove an hour to church one way. And I didn't think that was bad at all. Amen. I don't understand people that's not in love with the church and can't wait to assemble with the people of God. Ever since I've got saved, I couldn't wait to get to church. The reality of this low commitment to the church is upon us. It's evident everywhere I go. And let me just summarize it, my friend. If you take a look at this low level of commitment, I look at it in several ways. People feel no attachment or obligation of regular attendance and church involvement. It is no longer a priority in their life. They just kind of bounce and float and hop and skip and jump around, but you couldn't pay them to make a commitment to the work of God. The church may meet, but certainly they feel it doesn't apply to me. The church can gather and study and pray, whatever. But somehow they think when the Bible says not the forsaking of ourselves together as a matter of some is, somehow they're excluded from that verse. The closer we get to the return of Jesus Christ and I believe we're getting closer, we're supposed to come to church more and not less. He said not forsaken the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. But so much the more, as you see the day approaching. We need it more today than ever before. So why is it that denominations are closing the services out on Wednesday night, on Sunday night? I'll tell you exactly why. Low commitment. Congregations are doing good to get people to church on Sunday morning. I can't understand how people feel they've done some great kind of duty on Sunday morning and don't need to come back Sunday night. I'm not talking about when we're sick. I'm not talking about when we've got to work. There's things that goes on. I know sickness has been going around. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being neglectful to the house of God. I'm talking about being slothful. Oh, i tell you what, I love the church that Jesus built. And I know that it's right, so I go to church on Sunday morning, but not on Sunday night. Oh, I love to sing the songs. Such worship must be right, so I go to church on Sunday morning, but not on Sunday night. And may God bless our preacher too. And give him power and might. But put a sinner in my place, because I'm not coming Sunday night. Oh, I love to hear the gospel too. It gives me pure delight. I hear it every Sunday morning, but not on Sunday night. Well, I'd go through rain, sleet, or snow, do anything that's right to be to church on Sunday morning, but not on Sunday night. And I know I need more strength from God to keep me in the fight, but I go to church on Sunday morning and not on Sunday night. Yes, and we all must someday die I sure hope I'll be doing right. So may I die on Sunday morning and not on Sunday night? (laughs) Are you faithful on Sunday morning? Are you faithful on Sunday night? Are you faithful on Wednesday night? Are you faithful to revival services? Are you faithful to camp meeting? Are you faithful to work days? If not, you probably are not committed like you need to be. I know this is not popular, but I'm not in a popularity contest. I don't preach to be popular. But there's something about a person that's really committed. Thank God for those. They're the ones that makes it happen. The ones that's committed. Now I'll tell you something about Daniel. He was committed. And because he was committed, His spirit was different. People that sold out and committed, they're like Daniel. They got an excellent spirit. I'll tell you something else. Daniel lived in such a way, no ground of accusation or evidence of corruption could be found in his life. They looked for it. They tried their best to find something they could accuse him with. Daniel was the type of person that the Bible calls blameless. Is there anything in your life right now that people can point to as immoral? Are you guilty? If you look up blameless, it means free from blame. In the dictionary, the next word after blameless is blameworthy, deserving blame. i tell you something else about Daniel. Daniel was a man that was faithful. Are you faithful? Faithful here is used of Daniel in the entire Bible. It means trusted or believed to be sure. Daniel was trustworthy. He was committed. Is there anything in your life where God does not have complete control? Have you ever attempted to do something that, unless God supernaturally intervened, it would never happen? Think about it, friend. Daniel lived up to the Word of God. Amen. Daniel! was consecrated. Daniel had made a commitment to God. And all Daniel had was the first five books of the Old Testament, the law of Moses. But evidently, Daniel had studied the law of Moses and he lived it out in his life. And I'll tell you something else about a committed Christian. They pray continually. Daniel knew what the king's order said. Daniel knew that if he was caught praying, what would happen? But it didn't stop him. Three times a day, he went and opened up his window that went towards Jerusalem. And he didn't pray in secret. He didn't say, well, since they're trying to trick me and catch me, I'll just talk to God silently. No, he opened up his window towards Jerusalem Amen. and he prayed to God his Father. Daniel knew the penalty for breaking the law, but he prayed anyway. I think we ought to pray whether the school says we can or not. Amen. Now I'll tell you something else. Because of the life that Daniel lived, He was under God's hand of protection. Read verse number 22. Does that mean you'll never get hurt? No. Does that mean we'll never be disappointed? No. Does that mean that he's gonna give us freedom to do and place ourselves in dangerous situations? No. But it means whatever happens to us, it works together for our good as the Bible says in Romans the 8, chapter, and we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God and to them who are called according to her purpose. Amen. And I'll tell you something else about a person that's committed. Daniel's life, his commitment to God had an effect on the king. Daniel's commitment showed the power of God. Daniel's commitment even turned the kingdom towards God. What can one person do? What can one person? Daniel accomplish a lot. When was the last time someone came to you and said, I've been watching you. There's something different about you. Amen. They asked, how can you always be so happy? How can you always be so compassionate towards others, even who are not compassionate towards you? All you got to do, friend, is live the life. Amen. God requires a total commitment of us, even to the point of dying for Him if needed. Many are not willing to totally be committed to the Lord because it demands too much of them. Total commitment is worth every effort. Nothing of lasting value ever comes easy. Are you committed when we allow anything to come between ourselves and our relationship with god we are challenging our relationship with god <clears throat> what is it this morning that's challenging your relationship with god where do our where do our priorities lie this morning where does our commitment of god stand you can make a difference Somebody say, I'm just one person. If Daniel, a young man, could surrender to God and make that type of commitment to God, if his life made a difference, your life can make a difference. You can make a difference. God is counting on you to make a difference. Become a person who will make the difference. How? committed are you to God? I haven't preached this message to hurt anyone or to wound anyone, but to encourage us, to challenge us as the people of God. Make a total commitment to God. Are you ready to make God your first commitment? Do we have total commitment to the Lord, his requirements for us? Or what are we just trying to get by? That's what a lot of people are doing, just trying to get by. God does not want our second best. God never has accepted anyone's second best. God wants your first best. My message is, are you a committed Christian? Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you found this message helpful, please share this episode with your friends on Facebook, Messenger, or your favorite social media. If you have questions or suggestions, please message us on Facebook by searching Living the Good Life Show. A big thank you to Sister Rachel Fowler for all of her editing expertise. Until next time, keep living the good life.